1: You want to give it a shot? I got it. When my mother
0: was pregnant with me, they did an ultrasound and found she was having twins. When they did another ultrasound, a few weeks later, they discovered that I had
1: resorbed the other fetus. Do I regret this? No. I believe his tissue has made me stronger. I now have the strength of a grown man and a little baby.
0: Okay, why don't you throw the ball to somebody else? Nope. Yo,
1: oh, yes, Stanley, come on. Your turn. You have to go. I will okay. not. Okay. Triple A. Credits are right. Hang up the phone and let your heart break. Only in LA. 24. Yeah. She's on the phone, but she's staying on. we we'll shop.
0: Hello, Minnesota sports fam! Thank you for listening to No Shirts Just Skins, a Minnesota sports fan podcast. I am your co-host and website founder, Eric Strack. I am here with my co-host, good friend, cousin, Bludder as uh, as uh, Jelly Fam would say, Brandon
1: Strack. What's up? What's up? How are you today, Brandon? Um, you want me to be honest? You want me to be upbeat? I'm fucking miserable. Look at this shit. It hasn't stopped snowing for fourteen consecutive days. I've already shoveled once. I'm six foot three and I went out and I was the snow was up to my, my shoulders. It was unbelievable. I've never felt anything like it. I just I wanted to build a little igloo and just be done with it. But seriously, you're six three and I thought I was gonna drown out there in frozen water. You want me to be honest, or you want me to be upbeat. I gotta call it like it is at this point. I can't ha- handle it any longer. Dude, it's middle of april like it should be 75 and sunny i should be out there getting a tan on today instead i'm i don't even want to leave my house i'm absolutely miserable this is fucking terrible yeah. oh yeah besides that so yeah doing great question, <laughs> mark? question mark
0: maybe if um if we actually had some some faith in our uh, in our playoff teams
1: and things might be a little bit better especially since they play in like just a few hours but what do you mean? We nobody can go to the game right now. They had to cancel the entire <laughs> entirety of the Twins season for the rest of the year because they just assume that winter is just going to continue on. That even if even, even Houston's like thirty nine degrees right now, so if they're thirty nine degrees, we're going to be freezing for the next six months. So I, I I guess I don't know. Um, this can we just stream every playoff game? I mean, we're <laughs> there's not a single person in the state of Minnesota that's even going to have access to get into the Target Center this this week. So yeah, well
0: that's true. Um. Yeah, it's 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 ugly outside. Everybody, um, we postponed it from yesterday to try and miss it, and now I'm going to have to drive home and exactly what I didn't come here yesterday.
1: It doesn't uh, stop. Like I said, I just shoveled two hours ago, and it's already the snow is already above the roof of my car again. Yeah. So I'm, again, I'm I'm done. I can't move anywhere.
0: Um, yeah, so we'll see how I get home after this. But anyways, uh, we should be a little bit happier. We do have a couple playoff teams. Question mark, um, the Minnesota Timberwolves are in the playoffs. That's a nice change of pace.
1: Yeah, that hasn't happened in 73 years. Yeah, 73
0: or 74. I've never been good at math. Yeah, me neither. Um, it's it's interesting, though, because you, you don't really feel the playoff vibe like it used to be in, um, in the early 2000s just because I think everybody is so negative on everything. They just expect it to go downhill quickly. So it's almost like, Oh yes, we already celebrated because we made the playoffs. Now it's, that was the goal this year. And now we can just move on and get ready for
1: next year and hope to get better. I don't know. Well, it doesn't help when you back into the playoffs to the point where you have to play, which was kind of cool. is a, Unique situation, but when you're playing a play-in game essentially for the last spot in the entire West against the other team that's playing for that same spot, and you, you back in, you barely win. I'm not, uh, I'm not entirely certain that the refs or the NBA didn't want to sing because it seemed like we got some pretty favorable calls throughout the game. And then we still, it took us all the way into overtime to actually clinch that game. So I think that's got a lot to do with the excitement, just being like, wait. We barely got in the way it is. How the hell are we going to, you know, upset the number one seed?
0: Yeah, but Denver had won like six in a row before they played us, and we hadn't been playing that well. I honestly, I didn't think we were going to win going into the game. I thought it was going to just be classic Minnesota, and then we were going to have to hear all the fire tibs, and, and um, it was pretty much going to be start the target center on fire and and uh, get out your pitchforks, and um, and uh, I don't know, you're not know you are Non-lethal firearms, and we're going to Target Center, and we're we're rioting, and and um, it just to the way that they played in Denver. I feel like if they played like that every single night, because Denver was playing for their season too. Oh yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. That's why it was such a unique, it was a cool situation. I was actually at the game, so it was fun seeing a playoff atmosphere at the Target Center for the first time. Since God, I don't know, back in my middle school days, or I don't remember the last time I went right. to a game that you know there was anything.
0: You know, I didn't even have line. my license yet.
1: You probably didn't. I didn't. <laughs>
0: wow. Because I'm 20, I'm going to be 29 this month in like yep. a few days. Um, so it was 2004. I graduated in 07, which would have made me 18 and 07. So I would have been 15. Jeez.
1: It just makes me feel that much older. God, I can't believe I'm gonna be nearing my 30s soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right. You're
1: gonna be. Uh, man, never mind. I yeah, we, we don't. Up. We don't need to go I'm there. Not, by I, the way. I'm not gonna. I'm Come not gonna on. keep going
0: because I don't want you to leave the podcast. And yeah. we're, we're only fucking minutes bus driver in. over here. Jesus, we're only we're only six minutes in. I don't
1: want you to leave already. I'm already. I got one foot out the door. Apparently, probably after that comment. <laughs> if uh, if I if there's anywhere to go, I'd probably leave probably leave right now but again i don't want it's, to it's a hazard to go outside right now i might not survive i brought the four-wheel drive vehicle at least that's not enough you need a fucking tank right now <laughs> um what chances
0: do you give give me a percentage chance that the timberwolves not just pull off one or two games but they actually do the unthinkable shock the world um and and beat the the rockets 21% or less. That's not too bad. 21% isn't That's bad. why I threw in the less. <laughs> or less. Um, that's higher than I thought you'd go. I thought you'd be more like 7%.
1: 21 is my favorite number, so I had to go oh, with that. Oh, yeah. I didn't even... A real legitimate, so you want to know what I actually think about a, a competitive series? Yep. Like, how, what are the
0: chances that that this that either the that Timberwolves like six win, or seven games? win early or we're
1: going to a Game 7 to decide it? Hmm... Ten percent of the very highest. To be honest, I just I don't see it. I think we'll I think we'll play competitively through a couple of games, and the Dan Tony factor, the no defense factor, that'll help us to some degree. But we're not a good defensive team either, really, for the most part, not consistently. And I don't see us really taking that next step now. Yeah, I was kind of. And just a
0: disclaimer um, for those listening to this on a Monday morning after this game has already happened. We're only four hours away from tip yeah tonight um so we're not gonna dig too much into this game specifically or even the series um i think what we're gonna do is if the timberwolves were to pull out a miracle win in game one um or even in game two well if it was if they if they won one of the two if they won game two but not game one they wouldn't play again i think till saturday so we could even do one on friday or saturday you think of that if we actually if take they pull one, from one out, Houston if they put if if the if the timberwolves pull one out we'll do an emergency podcast session all timberwolves um maybe to- probably
1: not tomorrow maybe tuesday yeah, if the blizzards over by if then if the blizzard stops it may never stop snowing
0: <laughs> it made, just so depressed. oh I,
1: I can't handle it any longer <laughs> i just keep looking out the window i should have everything closed that's what i did the, this whole weekend i basically just Sat and pretended that life didn't exist. I closed the shades, the blinds, my eyes, everything. I didn't want to see it, and eyes. I just envisioned myself in a nice, warm, sandy beach somewhere. My eyes, my nose, my mouth, everything. And then I died. I I was hoping for it. I <laughs> wish I could have been that fortunate. This isn't living. Being in existence in this state right now is not living. That's you're pro- you're probably right. I can't. I they can't always say that hell is hot. No, this is hell. Look outside. It's fucking freezing. That's hell. <laughs> when uh
0: when I was in Rochester it snowed like ten or fifteen inches like this in May and I've never ever since
1: then I've just never really expected but now that to be there was over a few days May. in between there that it was actually above freezing right now <laughs> right now the lakes are so they're frozen right to the very bottom because we haven't had a day over thirty degrees yet
0: or you're gonna be protesting with your boat on the middle of I'm a already lake. protesting
1: this is this is my digital protest right now
0: <laughs> um anyways so yeah so if the Timberwolves win, we'll do an emergency podcast this week sometime if they win one of the games because that changes everything. The one thing I'll say before we move on. What time is just the tip tonight? Just the tip tonight <laughs> is at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. But um, what I will say, and you touched on it a little bit, but what gives the Timberwolves a chance is Mike D'Antoni is 32-38 and 38 in the playoffs, and he hasn't taken bad teams. He He can't say... You can't say, well, yeah, but this is the first one or two or three seed he's had. All the teams he's had have been bottom four or five seeds and That's, so yeah, that, that hasn't been the case. The no most of the he, teams
1: he's had, he's gone in with a one, two, or three seed for the most part. I think of back he had at a, all those Suns teams he had. He had one he had in I think it was oh four or five.
0: He had the Suns team that was a one seed. They went nine and six. He's had two number two seeds, they went ten and ten and six and five. Um and then three seed he goes into a losing record at sixteen and seventeen on a, on a three seed and then it gets, it gets and then he's only got a six and a seven,
1: six seed he's he's one and eight and a seven seed he's zero and four. That's because his brand of basketball just doesn't relate to the playoff atmosphere because everything tightens up in the playoffs. Everybody plays defense every single possession. The refs start letting things go. It's not so chippy where. Or, I mean, I should say it's more chippy, but right. it's not. You don't get those cheap going. fouls and stuff like that. Right. Like, you actually have to get hacked to get a foul call. So, that's going to play into our our favor quite a bit. I don't think Harden's going to get the easy, you know, free throw attempts and, you know, get to the line as, as easy as he normally does. So, it does help us in that regard. But I was just talking to a friend of mine um, not too long ago and kind of said the same thing. The problem is, like, Cat, for whatever reason, like, when he gets hit, he's always complaining these days, like, he's – he is a star, but he's not that bona fide star that can, you know, that's going to get those calls. Like he still has to pay his dues, and I get scared that he's going to get frustrated early. I hope that's not the case, but I just it worries me.
0: Even if even if he were to be a star, I still think he complains more than he complains. Too anybody much, else, anyone,
1: he complains more than anybody me does. Crazy, I know. I... I'm just not a big fan of that. I I'm just, not either, and he doesn't seem like that kind of guy, though. It's not like he's a big baby. He's not until a he gets on the basketball court. Until he court. gets on a basketball court, and it's, it's, it's so frustrating.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you 100%. I'll make a case. My case for the Timberwolves winning, and I think I'm going to be higher than everybody else, I'm gonna put, I put it at like 30% chance that they win the whole thing, or not win the whole thing, but that they win the series. I just think outside of Chris Paul, because Jeff Teague isn't very good defensively, Neither is Tyus Jones. Derrick Rose, not recently, but pra- but Tibbs has been praising his defense lately. Yep. Outside of Chris Paul, I think we match up well. We match up well because their best player, hands down, is a wing player. Not only hands down, but obviously going to win the MVP this year. If you were gonna
1: pick one person, which in the he should NBA, that should be LeBron James. Well but, he, but then he would win it every year. He should. I don't I, I don't know. see why there's a bias like, Oh, he's just so good, let's try to open up the field a little bit. That's just dumb.
0: Yeah, but I think at this point it's how they've done the MVP forever and if they started doing it differently, then it would change you'd have to change everything. Who's the most valuable player in the NBA? Well yeah, but you could have said the same thing about Jordan and that's, he didn't win it over and over. But that's, that's my point. That you was, didn't do it for Jordan, so now you can't do it yeah, for the guys who come to be after my point. him. point,
1: Charles Barkley had a great season in what was it, right. 92 yeah, or 94 yeah. or whatever it was, but no, Jordan 92, but yeah, Jordan should have been the MVP. And there's no hand there's it's hands down like it's just dumb. I don't understand why they do that. I agree with you, but at this point, like I said, it's
0: too late now. Yep. Now it becomes like a I was listening – somebody I forget where it was, but they said it best. Now it's like a it's like a torch. Yeah. So like the Michael Jordans and the LeBron James win it the years that there's no James Hardens that there's no Steph Curry years where like it's them and LeBron. Yep. It's only LeBron. So then you give it to LeBron. It's only Michael. So then you give it to Michael. If there's any competition? It's like let's do this yep. just so
1: it doesn't get redundant. It yep. doesn't get repetitive. Let's not make this monotonous. and you pass the
0: torch. Like everybody says right now, is James Harden the best player this year? Maybe, but Russell Westbrook's been really good again. But right? Harden only plays
1: one. Side. How do you? How right. can you
0: even? LeBron's really good again, but but, but Westbrook won it last a, year.
1: Yeah, but he he averaged a triple double. Where this year so he averaged a triple double so it's not as not it's not nearly as mesmerizing. It's that's like, yeah,
0: that's my point. Now it's Harden's turn. It's like a torch. Like yep. nope, Westbrook, you won it last year. You're not um you're not LeBron James, so you only get one. Yeah, man, it's and true. now it's Harden. You're not LeBron James. You'll only get one. So the only now...
1: person that got screwed to that whole situation was basically Kobe. Right. <laughs> Kobe yep. got screwed each and every yep. year. Yep.
0: Yep. Um so, so that's that's kinda that's kind of my take on that. But anyways, so if you're gonna pick any Person in the NBA to guard James Harden in one-on-one. You go, Jimmy Butler.
1: Well, I mean, Jimmy Butler is definitely up there. I mean, probably LeBron, just because LeBron can. Okay, all right, yeah, LeBron. All right, but as far as a matchup concern, I mean, you got to be thrilled that we get to throw Jimmy on him more than anything. So, Um, so if Jimmy can shut him down a little bit, right? Yep, and not shut
0: him down, but contain, him. contain him. him. The the it's going to come down to can we guard the three? Can we guard the three? Because Jimmy. What I would do, this would be my, and you tell me. Here's my, here's my defensive strategy against them, Jimmy. You're not getting any help.
1: No, you can't. No. None, you gotta... zero
0: help. You go one on one on Harden. He beats you for a layup. A dunk. He beats you for
1: a layup on dunk. It's on you. If if you can contain Harden to twenty five points yep. and you know six seven assists and just kind of a I don't know if a quote unquote if that's considered an average game. But a game where he doesn't blow up and you hope that the rest of the the team steps up, you're in pretty good shape. And I agree with you. I mean, I think we do match up fairly well against these guys and all things considered. I'd rather play the Rockets than I would Golden State, hands down, Right. right now. So you've got Jimmy matching up against Harden. And then what do you do about Paul George and Carmelo? Well, n- now you're in OKC. Oh, Jesus God! Wow, <laughs> you're looking at you're looking into a different God.
0: you're looking into a different. That's right. What was that's right? We, it's I, it, I don't know where it's, that even it's, came it's, from. It's the snow. We, we we all know that you know basketball.
1: Yeah. Well. I don't
0: anyways, know. anyways, um, what do you what do you do what do you do about Chris Paul? You, Chris Paul obviously. Chris Paul and just then that, that Capella
1: what he does. Yeah, Capella. Um.
0: I just Capello. Capella makes me a little bit nervous.
1: Um, but I think that uh, I can't, still can't believe I went okay, he's <laughs> Oklahoma City on that. I don't know what because we were talking a little bit of Westbrook and the MVP. I don't know where I was going on that. Uh, that's all right. I'm just awful looking at this.
0: I you yeah. But anyways, um, you've got you've got Butler on Harden. Capella worries me a little bit, but that's why you're not giving any help whatsoever to Butler. You just say if he if he drives and he scores on you, that's fine. But what kills teams. Is when Harden drives, breaks down his defender, and then you have to help ankles, and then you have to help, and then he dishes, and they just hit three after three after three. Given the layup, it's only two points. Give him the dunk, it's only
1: two points, and that's exactly why I mentioned you got to hold him to you know an average seven, you know seven eight assists because he does get his dimes these days. I mean, he definitely he can dish now. I mean, that's that's the only reason I give him credit as being a top tier player because two well it would be three years ago now. He was only an offensive player. He didn't pass, he didn't do anything else and all of a sudden right. now he's he's upped his game tremendously, but yeah, I don't know. Um CP is going to cuz he's just so crafty too. I mean, he just he is the prototypical. I mean, he is the blueprint of what a point guard is supposed to be until
0: the playoffs. Until Again, the play. like and yeah. that's
1: and that's where it comes that's where it comes to my second point is
0: that Chris Paul has never done anything in the playoffs and he's had top three three-ish, I think, seeds, and I haven't looked at it in the West with the Clippers when they were good and the West wasn't as bulked up as it is now.
1: Um, But he's always still had to go through Oklahoma City. Golden State has been pretty dominant throughout CP's tenure in LA. You've had the Spurs at the same time. So, I mean, you can say it isn't quite as beefed up as it is now, but it's been pretty beefed up. Well, yeah, but again... That's the competition of the playoffs, and he hasn't been able to come through, and neither has Harden, and Dan Toney's been even worse. You know know what Chris Paul's issue was? That the Clippers made him the number one option versus J.J. Redick there. That's what they needed to do. That's where the focus (laughs) needed to go. (laughs) How have the 76ers been doing on that front? They're playing pretty damn well right now.
0: Yeah, I know that they're playing well. I just didn't know how much Reddick is getting featured in
1: the offense. I saw that he hit a game winner the other night. Yeah, he just does what he does. He comes off screens, hits threes. I mean, he's just the prototypical. He he plays his role to a T right. and his defense has actually been pretty solid, but yeah, he just he does whatever is needed and he's a guy that just keeps everything spaced out because you have to respect him from from outside. So yeah, so I would say um I would say the Timberwolves
0: they do not get swept. The Timberwolves at least get two games in this series. You think at least two? I think one. At least two. I don't don't give them two. I give them at at least two because of all the things that we've talked about. I just – Houston is not made for the playoffs, and especially with their best defensive uh, uh, player out, arguably their best defensive player, in um, Bamute. He's out for the series. Is he out for the entire series? They're – he's possibly out for the entire series but for sure out for the first couple games. Okay, okay. Um, And we don't know for one and here's here's something that has to happen. Wiggins game has to transform in the playoffs which it could because we've never seen that type of like pressure that type of rah-rah game put on, it could end up being everything the Timberwolves fans have ever wanted, that the playoff pressure, the playoff atmosphere pushes Wiggins to be the player that hustles, the player that gets rebounds. Yeah, you took your fucking happy pills this morning. I'm just, I... Optimistic as could be. I'm just, I was looking at it, and Johnny wrote the article after I was, I, I did I did some big research. What got me optimistic was, I remembered the other day, I'm like, wait, isn't Dan Tony He's terrible in the playoffs. So then I was like, how bad is he? And I looked it up, and he's bad. Oh, he's bad. And and he's had really good teams that I'm sure going into the playoffs – They did this exact same thing where they're like, God, the Phoenix Suns are fucking good this year. They're, they're, they're going all the way. They're not losing. And then before you know it, they're out in
1: the second round. But you're talking about Wiggins getting pumped up, showing emotion, stepping up, coming up under pressure. But this is, but this is the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. Like, we don't know. We don't know how Kat's going to react.
0: We don't know how Wiggins is going to react. We know that. Worst case scenario, pre- he, he's
1: probably not getting any less pumped up than he does in the regular season. I predict a solid seventeen points, one rebound, one assist deadline line for Wiggins. <laughs> I've got five years of consistency. I mean, what's going to change it now?
0: Well, he's been playing better
1: defense I know, lately. He has been playing better defense, but
0: I'm I, I, I'm telling you. And the other thing too, that's that's a that's a little bit of a game changing factor. Everybody hates Tibs so much. For his style and his coaching strategies and everything else, and we talked to Kyle Rakhi about it the other uh, about it the other week. What are the chances that it ends up helping us? Because Houston wants to play that fast, run and gun, and we want to slow it down. Teague is more the slow it down type of type of uh, point guard. Um, ask Twitter; they complain all the time that we're shooting the ball way too late in the shot clock. Is it possible that Tibbs locks down his defense? The Timberwolves lock down their defense, and the slow down pace actually disrupts Houston too.
1: It's possible, but it's also possible it might stop snowing one day. But I'm not holding out hope for it. <laughs> I'm just saying everybody is so negative on the
0: situation. I just we've seen it, we've seen it all the time. How surprising! We'd be surprised for about thirty minutes if the Timberwolves won tonight. And then starting tomorrow, everybody's mindset would be changed, and everybody will be saying the exact same things I'm saying right now. They'll be saying that tomorrow if the Timberwolves win. Well, we should have seen it because Jimmy Butler matches up really well against James Harden, and Tibbs slows everything down, and they were able to slow down the Rockets' offense with nobody saw it actually happening. But Tibbs' style actually played in the favor of the that's exactly what would happen I if they won tomorrow. I to some
1: degree, but that's just typical Minnesota. It's all of a sudden, it's a big roller coaster. It's all, Everything's great, then everything's awful, it comes that's, crashing but, down, but, and then but, all of a sudden you get one win, it's like, oh, we have a chance, we're back! But I, that's what I'm saying,
0: is that you're t- you're calling me Mr. Optimist right now, but you know that if we won, by the time we woke up tomorrow, got to work, it's like, 9 nine thirty in the morning nobody would be surprised anymore we'd be talking about how this happened and that happened and how didn't we see it and if
1: we can steal one in houston obviously that changes the whole dynamic everything. of everything but
0: that's why tonight is a huge game and if there's one game you can steal it's game one of a series
1: but the Target Center is completely snowed in. I guess the snow is over the roof. Like, we won't have a home field or a home court advantage. There's only going to be 17 people there, and those are the people that live downtown that are connected to the Skyways. It's the only people that can actually make it to the game. <laughs> well, the game's not here tonight. Well, I know, but it, this snow's not going to be gone in two weeks, and we play next Saturday. You do realize we got 17 feet of snow, right? Well,
0: yeah, but if we steal one in Houston, then we can go and fucking... The Twins are playing in Puerto Rico. Why
1: can't the Timberwolves fly and play in Puerto Rico? I heard they have the, the whole airport shut down for the next three weeks. <laughs> They'll never be able to plow the snow, they said. Well, just fly them right from Houston to Puerto Rico. They can meet up with the Twins, and then they can fly back together. I'm okay with that. I, mean, I actually <laughs> want to go see that game now. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, so my... so.
0: Now, obviously, when most people listen to this, the game's already going to be over, and you're going to be either like, God, Eric's a fucking genius, or God, Eric's a dumbass. Well, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Because the results of game one are already going to be over. But they could steal game two. Like if I said. It comes down you gotta steal you steal to you. have got to steal one of the you games. you steal one of those games.
0: If you steal one, it's a whole new series. Everything changes, and that's why tonight is a huge game. I'm going to be... Doing my normal 8 p.m. laps with my son draped to my chest, walking around my island for about an hour and a half for the whole first half. Cardio. Cardio. And then hopefully he lays down and sleeps for the second half, and then I'll hopefully be able to jump on Twitter. That's kind of been a thing lately too. Is Jeez, if,
1: look at you optimistic again? Look at you. Just yeah, just I shouldn't for the be best. optimistic
0: though because when I get optimistic about that, when it doesn't happen, I start. Then I get, get really get more, irritated, more mad. frustrated. Yeah. If I go into it thinking, "Yo, yeah, I'm probably gonna just be dealing with this until 11 p.m.", uh, then then if if anything other than that happens, it's it's a uh, it's a bonus, a boner. I mean, a bonus
1: a boner. <laughs> She said, <laughs> <laughs> "I was wondering how quick you're going to be to the button." Um, well, we haven't done this podcast in so long. The button bar is like a foreign language. Well, the at this point.
0: the the two weeks when my new child came was my fault. Last week, I'll definitely take all of the blame there. Last week was definitely uh, not my fault. I was somebody went back and thought they were twenty one again. Yeah, I was slightly fatigued <laughs> for the uh, the remainder of the weekend. We'll say, <laughs> yeah. Um, that yeah, that won't have that won't happen again. I, but I feel bad because the last time I said this, we missed like the next week. I'm pretty sure, like two weeks later, we I said, said we're, we're, gonna gonna <laughs> we're not gonna miss anymore. We're not. Brandon's getting a new place, and uh, that means we're gonna have a new studio, and it's gonna be a perma studio where it's up all the time, and we don't
1: have to set it up, and everything will be a lot quicker. Make things easier. We'll
0: make things easier. We'll be more. Um,
1: and the fact that it'll More, be at my place cuz even before it was your place that's a big commitment for me to uh, actually commit to going somewhere and and right now you're home. already there exactly now i could
0: just like show up and knock on the door and be like hey yeah. what's up or whatever yeah that commitment thing i really struggle
1: with that <laughs> yeah we know <laughs> <laughs>
0: well I know, but um, the women of your past definitely know.
1: Yeah, well, it, they should have learned up front. That's
0: that's a good point. They probably all knew better. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to move on from the Timberwolves because they play tonight um, and because depending on how things go tonight, our conversation will totally change. If the Wolves get blown out by 30, I have a feeling I won't be quite so confident. You don't
1: think so then? Probably not. You'll you'll uh, still take the route less traveled though because even uh even reading your Zach Annexed article and all of that I'm like, in the case Keenum stuff I'm like yeah you just take the the opposite stance of anybody and everyone that you po- that you possibly can.
0: Here's here here's here here's the thing, and I don't remember how the Case Keenum thing came about as far as um, we won
1: games. He said he's ruining our our entire existence.
0: Well, no, but I like usually I jump on a train before before the uh, everybody else jumps on the other train and then I just don't jump over like once I'm in my s- stance I don't change mm-hmm. the annexted thing I had the whole article written before I looked at what anybody else said and then when I started looking I'm like geez everybody else thinks that Tanner was Tanner Morgan was better than uh, better than Aniksted. but I'm not going to change then like nope. I saw what I saw you know so all
1: year long you're gonna be sitting here pounding the table left and right <laughs> annexed annexed annexed. Tanner is ruining our entire career. Fleck needs to get fired if he if he keeps playing the guy. Stop. Got... stop doing that. You're gonna unplug stuff. I'm just pounding the table like you are right now for anything and everything. Anixt, jeez. Down. Oh my gosh, uh, I'm losing, I'm
0: losing uh, my microphone, my headphones. I can't, get a grip can't, over I there. I can't hear anything anymore. You're pounding tables and Jesus, Hulk smash, Hulk smash and stuff. I think we're still recording. Wow. Anyways, gotta get a more durable table. <laughs> Anyways, the that brings us. We can go. I I didn't know if this was gonna be our next topic, but we can move on to it a little bit. Um, go for football. Uh, anybody who's paying attention um, to our Twitter, to our website, reads our articles would have, may have noticed. Um, I paid pretty close attention again while um, doing laps around my island. Um, the gopher spring game the other evening. That was another commitment I have failed to fulfill. Failed, because yep, um, I
1: told you you should watch that so that yep. we can
0: talk about it, but now I guess I'll talk about it. I had it. a
1: busy day yesterday trying to uh, forget that the world existed. Right. Um, it was... Not a reality living over here. Uh,
0: I'll start with... P.J. Fleck puts on the most exciting spring game I've ever watched. I mean, I'm not a spring game savant by any means when it comes to college football, but... It was exciting. Um, they allowed blitzes on defense. Um, the quarterbacks could get hit. Uh, it was full contact. There was nobody taking it lightly. Um, there really it wasn't that much to determine the difference between that and a normal game, which is what made it fun to watch. And the... Um, I watched it for the QB competition. I don't even know if I would have watched it if it wouldn't have been for the unknowns at QB at this point. For anybody who doesn't know, it's a three-way race between um, uh, redshirt freshman um, Tanner Morgan, um, uh, Juco transfer sophomore Vic Vermontes, and then uh, um, uh, a true freshman, Zach Anikstead. Oh, I
1: thought you were going to say it's basically just a one-horse battle right now. (laughs) Um, And you realize that's it, right? No, no, I don't think so. I just... (laughs) When you watch, and again you didn't
0: watch, so I can't. Um, ha- I can't. Be Don't you like, love me just sitting over here? I'm just. I'm just taking the opposite stance of
1: you at this moment. But
0: but when you, Tanner Morgan is like, and I didn't look at his height, but he's like, he looks like about five nine, five ten. He yeah. he he wears he wears a number two. Even he he kind of looks like a, just a poor man's Johnny Manziel. Yep, and that's how he plays. He did a lot of uh, scrambling. Um, and Even that
1: sick catch on the sideline this, was off, like kind of a yep. Wasn't really a broken pocket, but he still kind of rolled out to his right. Yep, and, yep. Went through the middle and then rolled yep. out to the right. But again,
0: maybe 05 percent of the time that catch, whether it's Tyler Johnson or any other wide receiver in uh, in college football actually makes that play and scores a touchdown. seems pretty high. I mean, that was an Odell Beckham style. It's
1: exactly what it was. And And then keep your feet and, you know, get in the end
0: zone. And you have to put that into account when you're talking about 30 more yards and one of his touchdowns because that's what that was. And did you, you by any chance, take a look at the second one that that he threw to him?
1: Mm, I don't know if I saw that one.
0: So so, uh, it was on the other side of the field, and it was a corner route. Yep. And he was wide open. Wide open. And Morgan overthrew him and almost threw it out of bounds. He had to do a, a Chris Carter one-touch toe tap with a beautiful, like catch, Chris Carter style, almost um, to to score the touchdown. And it shouldn't even have been that difficult. Okay. So so that's two of that's two of his touchdowns were a little bit iffy. A lot of running. He had at least one fumble. I think he might have had two. Didn't Veramontes have a pretty hard time hanging out on the ball, too? (laughs) Veramontes had a hard time. But Veramontes is losing the ball when he's running like a fullback. So he needs to get better with that. Like He needs to realize he's not playing Juco football anymore. He needs to protect the ball. He's got big guys hitting him. But he's massive. And I think that that's something he can get better at. But Morgan is – I put it in the article. I think he has backup – quarterback written all over him for the rest of his career. He's a guy that you can put in that might splash because nobody game planned for him. He can break pockets. He can make some plays. But thinking that he's going to be your starting guy for the next three, four years, I I think is dreaming a little bit. And you can see six, he's 215 pounds. He's a true freshman who came in early. Yep. Morgan's been here already for a full red shirt season. And God, an- Anixxed Anixxed can sling the ball. He just he 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 looks good, and he didn't have Tyler Johnson on his
1: team. Does either. him being from Minnesota, being a Minnesotan, being an absolute Minnesota homer have anything to do with you wanting him to be the starting quarterback? You might think it does, but honestly, it doesn't. I'm just sick of the Gophers
0: losing. Like I don't give a fuck where he's from. He could be from Mars. Like, I just want the Gophers to have a good quarterback. Like, how great would it be to just go and watch the Gophers drive down the field with a couple corner routes, 15-yard corner routes, a big slant pattern across the middle or a post pattern across the middle for 25 yards? When
1: is the last time you've seen a Gopher quarterback do that? I honestly don't know what that would be like because it's never fucking happened. No, the only... It has never happened.
0: Even, even when you had Decker,
1: Decker's catches, most of
0: them were deep balls where he just out-jumped or out-caught like two or three D-backs every time if you're
1: gonna sit here and try to tell me that Adam Weber was a good quarterback <laughs> he's one of the best quarterbacks in the history know. of the Gophers that's the sad thing that's, that's what, what I'm saying.
0: saying that's why I'm just I'm I I don't care where he's from I just want him to be good and I just and instead just stuck out and it's not just me there have been, there have been beat writers and, and reporters who have questioned Fleck and tried to leave Annickstead out of the conversation and been like, um, so who are you taking? Vic Veramontes, Morgan, whatever. And he keeps on saying, no, we have to keep Zach Annickstead in the conversation as a true freshman. He most true freshmen aren't even here yet. He just happened to uh, to come in um
1: I mean we for did forget about like the Philip Nelsons and stuff like that. Those guys are blue chip prospects, yeah. correct? Yeah. And, uh, He's a hell of a punter. A hell uh, yeah, I was just <laughs> gonna say a punter. hell of a kicker. That's right. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that that he definitely was. Um but I uh yeah, I don't know. Um one game in, I'm on uh, I'm on the Annex bandwagon, but again, there's No, I a... hope you're
1: right. I just I have got to challenge you a little bit on this just because Oh, I'm sure.
0: And I, I haven't looked at Facebook or um or much since uh well, yeah, I did since I wrote that. I was thinking that I wrote that one. That's the one that I wrote this morning, but Yeah, no, there are a lot of people who said that um that that Morgan looked better, but um I just think his stats look better. That's what that people yeah. are like, oh, he threw for 272 and two touchdowns. But he was 18 for 28. I if you going to say, take he was away, like 18 or 28. Yeah. Take
1: away those two big throws. Yep. Then all he's, of a sudden 16 he's 16 for... 28, or even, uh, you know, if he even the uh, the Odell catch. Say he doesn't keep his feet, he goes down, they rush. And right. all of a sudden, that's how he scored. All of a sudden, that's, you know, 17 or 28 or 18 or 28 with only one touchdown. Right. doesn't look all that impressive.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. And... um and, oh, and um, the QB rating between um, the QBR between the two of them, yeah. or maybe it was QB rating, whichever one it was, even though he had two touchdowns and more yards, it was only like two points away. Okay. Um, because Anikstead had a better uh, percentage, um, et cetera. So, um, oh, and one other thing, the go for offensive line, one year, you talk about improvement. Rodney uh Rodney Smith and I don't think I have it written down here. No, I don't but I think he had like six rushes for like hundred and twenty yards. God. Um they they had uh Blaze Andrews, who's a redshirt freshman on yeah. the right side, and then um Daniel Falil yeah, on the IMG left side. Kid. Yep, and then and Curtis Dunlap, who's highest ranked, he's oh, a yeah. guard.
1: God, how do I forget about him? Yeah,
0: he's higher ranked than both of them. Yeah. He's a four star, also from IMG, brought over with yep. instead Um he didn't even play. Really? He didn't he's got like a just like a small lingering like okay. ankle or leg injury or something, so they didn't play him. He didn't even play and he so might be the best one. Our line should be absolutely legit. I'm saying that our offensive line will Do be we... competitive as pretty much all freshmen. Wow. Three out of the five guys are freshmen. That's true. That's that's impressive. That'll be fun to watch. Um, and then I mean they've got some big time they're two of the biggest twenty nineteen recruits that they're talking to right now are from minnesota one from lakeville one from edina and both of them
1: are offensive linemen yeah just getting that hometown talent finally to commit and stick around is so huge because there's actually been a lot of talent that's come out of minnesota just none of it has stuck a lot of it goes to when you've got north dakota state south dakota state and wisconsin i guess for that matter too and you throw that in there just because they're competitive but you look at you know North Dakota State, South Dakota State, and having a team—you know—teams like that steal talent over the Gophers, where kids would rather commit to there than playing for Minnesota or have them go across the border to that dreaded, disgusting, awful state that I hope gets seventy-five feet of snow versus a right. sixty-three that we've gotten. It's just—it's depressing. So seeing these kids stick around is phenomenal. I love it. Yeah, and um,
0: and the the one guy who is—I'm uh, going here, offensive line. Here we go, offensive tackle. Um. The one oh here he is. Uh no. Nope. The one offensive lineman, and I don't know why I can't find him here, um, is super, super, super good. And he's got um I think it's the Dinah Kid. He's got offers from uh Notre Dame.
1: Um gosh, hold on a second. Go ahead and talk here for a second while I try and figure this out. All right. Yeah, I don't really know what else to talk about here, but... Oh, one thing. I do got to give a shout-out to my buddy, Johnny. Um, he came up clutch here a couple weeks ago. I was supposed to uh, give him a shout-out on the podcast. He was pissed. He listened to the entire podcast and didn't get a shout-out. So, <laughs> yeah, my bad there. Two weeks delayed. But, uh, yeah, Johnny Angel 83 Instagram account... Go hit him up. Slide into his DMs. He uh, he loves him females. Slide in head first as well. So, John, here's your uh, here's shout-out, homie. Well, who doesn't? I mean, let's That's be real. That's true. Good point.
0: Oh, here we go. Quinn Carroll. I don't know why it, it, it made it all weird. Quinn Carroll, he's uh four-star, um, .96. Jesus. Um, and uh, from Edina. And um, right now his offers, most they have him crystal balled already to Notre Dame. Okay. So he's not coming here. Well, but he's got us he's still got us in his top three um this is one of the guys that Fleck flew the um the helicopter into sea yep um
1: he's not coming here over Notre Dame yeah, but it's still cool to see that in the conversation so if he's a is he a five star no he's a four he's star a but he's four. a point nine six say that's right up there, actually a point nine seven because it's Jesus. a point nine six eight
0: um Gosh! Another offensive tackle. Anyway,
1: long story short, we're getting recruits. We're building a program. It's it's getting better. It'll be fun to actually see the Gophers succeed and like have a. If we can have a team that could even just compete for like the Big Ten, it'd be so fun to watch because college college football is awesome. We just haven't had a team that's been anywhere near that level in basically our entire existence. Well,
0: listen. So um, so I haven't looked at this. Um, 2019 recruiting class. Flex already got a few uh a few commits. The the most recent one is a cornerback, Tyler Newbin. Um he's a point eight eight. Hmm. That's a point eight nine puts you into a four star. And he's a point eight eight. Jeez. So he's he's already committed, and then they also have another offensive tackle who's a point eight six committed three star for twenty nineteen already. He is just loading up on offensive linemen, which is smart.
1: Like I don't know what this isn't rocket science. What well, PJ Flex doing? No, well that and the fact that we play in the Big Ten—that's what Big Ten football is—is is just get a bunch of horses up front, some of those big boys up front in the trenches, and that's how you succeed. That's why Big Ten football is boring as shit, but that's what you need for, to compete.
0: Yeah, I um, I don't know. I'm I'm pumped for go for football. Um, it's hopefully it'll be. It, I think it'll be a good year. It'll be better. You and I talked about it a little bit yesterday. Yeah. It's, I still, after looking at it. You said that they have to do better than 500. They finished this year at 5 and 7. I would say if they switch that around to 7 and 5 and get a bull berth, I would say we're moving in the right direction. Moving
1: in the right direction. I I'd, I'd still like to see a slightly bigger improvement than that just because, you know, our division the Big 10 is so weak for the most part and you've got to win one of those trophy games or whatever. But you got to remember that. I think like Sixty or seventy percent
0: of our offensive, um, or not offensive, of our entire starting crew is underclassmen. Yeah, that's the one thing that I know. We want to win. We want to win, and now we're getting these recruits, so we want to win even more. But at the end of the day, you you don't win football big 10 championships or even big 10 games with
1: Tracy Clay still won eight games or nine games. But that's,
0: but that's different because they had already built up a team that was solid defensively. I feel like, I feel like you and I could have coached that team with that. Remember that was the weakest schedule in the history of ever, everness. And they, they were built up defensively to where like, that was the last year that they were going to be good. And then, People get mad at Fleck. I'm not. It was upset a of, mass
1: exodus after that. They yeah, had a no, lot of seniors. A little, I mean, I'm not upset at Fleck or anything. I, I like the the uh, you know the direction we're trending and everything. I just think that a seven and five, I want to see a little bit more than that. Unless we've got an uber competitive non conference schedule and we drop a game or two there, but I expect to win all of our non conference games. We don't traditionally play very very you know real good teams or anything like that or powerhouses. So I feel like there's an automatic. It should be you know two or three wins right there. Well, maybe we should just take a look at it. Yeah, what do we
0: got? Well, let's see here. Gophers, NCAA football. All right, so New Mexico State, that should be a win. Should be a win, yeah. Fresno State should, should be, be a win. win. Miami of Ohio should be a win. And then we open up at Maryland. That's winnable. That should be a win.
1: We've got Iowa at home.
0: That's the type of game. That's the game about.
1: that that's the game that I want to see us find. Iowa game. at
0: home. We're going into it. Let's say we beat Maryland. If we do, if we go three and zero and beat Maryland in Week One, where I'm already saying this is going to be a successful season, unless all of a sudden we just hell on earth shows up and we just we totally just saw it happen to them. the
1: basketball team.
0: Well, that's true with with injuries and stuff and, and suspensions and... And um, everything and anything else that could have went wrong. And gropings that Minnesota. did or did not take place. I mean, it's that's true. It's the state of Minnesota, so you can never say never. But if, if you look at it in the vacuum of not Minnesota and you look at it and just, oh, yeah, their whole team isn't going to get hurt. People aren't going to possibly touch people when they don't want to be touched. If that stuff doesn't happen, then... You start off four and zero, and you win your first Big Ten game on the road in Maryland, and you you're gotta, looking at I Iowa. Just look at home. You
1: got to win that Maryland. Maryland isn't a traditional football team, so that's the game that I'm saying that we should win. Think of think of PJ Flack, right? Because this happened. This 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 has to do
0: with the fans too, right? Like, for example, if we start four and zero and beat Maryland in Maryland, and we come home to TCF against Iowa. That's where P.J. Fleck influences the fans, too. Yeah, so
1: that's what I'm saying. The, the whole place would be packed.
0: Win. TCF would be packed to the max. That's the, that the hill beat. that
1: we have to overcome that we got to get on top of. Now, if we lose that game and Iowa goes and takes our goalposts down again, we're right, stuck right, right back <laughs> in the same place we've been before. But that's that's what I'm looking for. That's the step I want to take. Like, that's why a 7-5 record doesn't do it for me. I want to see a start out, you know, 4-0, go win, you know, a battle of the border against, like, Iowa or something like that because we haven't won that game in how long either. Like, we just have traditionally faltered in those situations, and that's that's the stuff that I want to see, you know, I want to see us overcome. I want to see right. that change. So
0: so after Iowa, then things get tough for a couple games, so it would be huge to start off 5-0 because then we go to Ohio State. And that's a loss. And then right after that to Nebraska. Which Nebraska tough... is starting to come back. Yeah, that's a I'm gonna say it's a tough game. It's a winnable game, but it's still but in a tough Nebraska's game. tough. And then we have two games in a row that we should win. This isn't even the ones you're talking about. This is Indiana at home. That should be a win. At Illinois. Okay, so we should win nine games this year then. So we've got one, two, three. So three must wins, and then Maryland is a should win. I'm not gonna put in must I'm win calling on to the win. road. You can call it a win, but it's not like if they go to Maryland and lose in a close game. I'm not gonna
1: just you know piss no, I'm not on jump flex out of the grave. bandwagon. No, but I'm just saying like that. Those are the games like I keep saying, but that's what I want to see is finally was those 50-50 games. We've lost 120 percent of the time in the last 20 years. Right. I want to see us win a couple of those games for once. So and then two of what I would call those games, not necessarily rivalry games,
0: but games that we will more than stand a chance in. Purdue at home. Yep. Northwestern at home. Yeah. And then we go to Wisconsin to end the season.
1: We'll lose at Wisconsin. We'll probably lose Northwestern. We'll win Purdue. Um, where are we at with that? Six.
0: If we were to win our non-conference, it makes us 3-0 going yep. into Maryland. Maryland, 4-0. Right. Iowa, I'm going to say a 5-0 and because those are the games I want to see us win. All right. and 5-0 if they beat Iowa. And then 5-2, and Ohio State, Nebraska would be losses. Yep. 6 and 2 7 and 2 Indiana at home and then 2 Illinois makes a 7 and 2 and then Purdue at home 8 and then Northwestern at
1: home 9 and then 2 Wisconsin so That's what I said, 8 games. 8 games would, to me would be like that's that's a successful season. 7 games I'm not happy with. I want 8. I mm, I'm not really thrilled for, any... w-
0: for me it would depend on how how the season went. I the, he, he has to get at least 7 wins. It, anything get, less yeah, than anything 7 less wins than is seven. unacceptable with this with, with with agreed. with this with this schedule. 7
1: games yeah, seven games get uh, you
0: got to get because you can't lose to New Mexico State, you can't lose to Fresno State, you can't lose to Miami of Ohio. That's three, and you have to win Iowa because we have to win you a can rival. Keep, you can keep on saying that, but it's not going to get him run out of town. You have to beat Indiana. I'm not
1: talking about getting running out, run out of town. But that's what I'm, I'm, just... I'm talking
0: about. I'm talking about like like people are gonna people are want, are quick. Sure, people love Fleck right now because he hasn't done it. There's no pressure, but he's the type of coach they're going to be quick to burn down his castle. Yeah, and so. What I'm saying is he had a bad season last year where he only had five wins. Yep. If he comes out and gets only five wins again this year, there are going to be people to talk oh, about yeah. running him out of town.
1: It's, yeah, it's going to get to that point. And I, that's I what I'm talking saying. about. No, I want to
0: they... see improvements so that going into year three or whatever year he calls it, we're going at it and we're looking at going, we got five wins, we got seven wins. Now your guys are juniors, right, or redshirt sophomores. Now is a time where we're looking at we want 10 wins, 9 wins, 11 wins every single year now. Yep. That's where I'm at. Starting junior year after this year, no longer settling because you're three years in, no longer settling for – Five wins, six wins, seven wins, eight wins, even. Like,
1: nine wins are better. And I'm just saying, to to as fans, we deserve a rivalry game. Bring the Floyd of Rosdale or Rosedale or whatever back yeah. to Minnesota for once. We're not going to win against Wisconsin. We just never do. So, the the axe is going to stay where it's at. We, I don't even know if we play Michigan this year. I don't no, think we, we don't. do it. Right? No. Nope. So, the Little Brown jug will stay there for the next 35 years. But if we can win one rivalry trophy, just one rivalry game, that's going to be huge. It's embarrassing right now to go into our big ten counterparts and be like, Yeah, we lose to you, lose to you, lose to you. Like that's my point with the Iowa game. Yeah, no, I'm Whatever with Whatever you. you do, you've gotta get those kids so jacked up that they're ready to play that game. Oh that's I'm, gonna bring a ton of interest into the fan base for once.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I he definitely has to he definitely has to start winning those games. And um and I'm not saying he, he won't beat Iowa. I think Iowa's definitely beatable. I they're not the even when they went Thirteen and one, or whatever they went, twelve and one that one season. Again, it's you the Big Ten West. Yeah, there. you don't look at
1: Iowa and be like, God, these guys are stacked. That's a right. program. They're not. Yeah, they're not everyone else here.
0: No. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely with you. You want to crown them? Crown them? Crown them.
1: <laughs> um.
0: So it'll be. I, I'm excited. I'm excited for Gopher for football. The spring game was fun to watch. I just enjoy the way PJ Fleck coaches, the way he runs the program, the way that he goes about his business i just it's, it's exciting watch. i agree i'm and, with you his and, energy is through the roof i love it and the recruits that he goes after is uh, is a nice change of pace as well especially the quarterbacks all right well let's flip to uh even more depressing subject well not that that's really that depressing the weather oh fuck that um no go for
1: men's basketball Okay, sure. Let's go to something else. Let's talk something good today. <laughs> All but, right. Um the women's basketball hired Lindsay Wayland, Yes, actually that's a phenomenal sonny. I love it. That's yeah. uh that'll bring interest back to the program just itself. Like I'll probably watch a couple games this year just because of that. Well, and it was it's um you had to do it. She's a you know a Minnesota person. she right. from Hutchinson or whatever yep, like that. Hutchinson. She's the only person to ever make the Minnesota women's basketball team like prominent, mm-hmm. like exciting. Our yep. only Final Four appearance. Yep. I watched that whole. She's won tournament. what four titles with the Lynx, like, yep. and she's still going to continue to play. Like, yep. It's cool. It's just cool to see a, a hiring like that, and I think it's going to help recruiting. I think it's going to help tremendously, it, and it'll
0: help the University of Minnesota's pocketbooks. I mean, more season tickets, more merchandise. Oh, they're like, going.
1: They're, they're like going off the shelves yeah. right now, like nonstop. Like the second Lindsey Whalen head coach, boom! Like ticket sales have like increased like by five hundred percent.
0: Right, and, and it's like it's a it's a win win situation because for everyone. Worst case scenario, and this won't happen because Lindsey Whalen knows uh, knows basketball in general, but knows the women's game especially. She knows. What what she's doing. She'll be a good coach. She, oh yeah, she's multi-talented. People connect with her. she'll She'll do just fine. But worst case scenario, she bottoms out. the she She leaves the program. They fire her, or she withdraws, or whatever the case is. In four or five years, and the Gopher women's basketball team is still not relevant
1: like they were before. Well, I mean, and you made a whole instance, bunch of money. We're talking about. Gopher basketball right, right, now, in, right? Yeah, right now. I didn't even On know this, this team existed since like 2007 or whatever that's it was. I mean, I didn't even know that we had a team there still. So, and she's already doing your right job. Now.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, that's yes, proving our point right there. <laughs> proving our point right there. All right. Well, so yes, great great hire. Uh we love Lindsay whalen Um we know nothing about the Gopher women's basketball team. So, we're not going to sit here and talk about and or the recruits. I heard there's one big time um there's like a top 5 nationally. Women's basketball recruit in Minnesota right now. That Gino Oriama is now like really worried about losing. Wow. Yep. So um Oh that Gino's worried about losing? Well, like Gino is heavily recruiting her and she was also being recruited from the University of Minnesota, but now the University of Minnesota just got Lindsay Whalen, so rumor has it that Gino is nervous about that. Wow! I heard that he did have comment. He like when we hired. He's like, "Wow, uh, yeah, yeah." So, um, so great hire. And um, but other than that, we know nothing about women's basketball. So great
1: job, University of Minnesota. Go Lindsey Whalen, etc., um, etc. Right. Et now let's, let's go, go back to go. depressing. Sure. So mass exodus here in uh, the world of Minnesota golfers' men's basketball. Yeah. Every coach is leaving. Every recruit's <laughs> leaving. Nobody wants to stick around. What's
0: going on? Except for the three Minnesotan recruits who, when asked about whether or not they. Made th- this made them nervous? Absolutely not. Which is. That's w- huge. They pretty much were like, no, we're coming here to make Minnesota basketball relevant again. It's got nothing. It just doesn't matter. And that's that's what I love because that's what we. I mean, you would go to Duke, like whatever, but people who. It'd be a long, drawn out decision. Yes. <laughs> pe- pe- people, people with. It would probably be Duke. People who, who love Minnesota.
1: You As would wearing a gophers, right? You would right
0: want you would want to raise the gophers from the dead and make them the final four team that they never were <laughs> in '97. <97. laughs>
1: yeah, they only had three
0: teams that year. Crazy shit. Yeah, weird. Um, but uh, you would want you would want to do that, and they want to do that. Um, Daniel Oturo, Gabe Kalsher, and uh, um, Jarvis O'Mersa. Yeah, they want to do that, and the. So Jarvis O'Mersa was kind of the guy where I was like, not that he was the least out of the three, but you had your big guy in Oturo who's a top fifty talent, um, and then you have uh, you have your outside shooter in in Gabe, which yep. we need desperately at the unit, especially Jameer Harris is one of the guys who left, um, so we need that desperately. But I feel like every single week that goes by, I see a new video of Jarvis O'Mersa dunking on somebody or somebody like where I'm like everyone, I know this might be the best guy out of all of these guys He's by like, the, when it's all said and done. Yeah, his, his talent his athletic is.
1: ability is through the roof. And I don't know what if I've not watched like an entire game from like no, beginning to finish. Neither. So I don't know if he stays engaged or what knocks he has in this game, but Jesus, that dude can fucking jump. That dude has hops. Yeah, if um
0: if you're Patino, you're salivating at that talent. I mean,
1: but he doesn't even have an assistant coach at this point to clean it up after him. Well, he's got one. Oh, he's got one. We did bring one guy back. We lost 14. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wh- wh- I mean, what's going on? Where are all these guys going? Like, Well, rumor has it from what I've been
0: reading that the assistant coaches, assistant coaches in, in college basketball look for stability because yep. their jobs are on the line, their livelihoods are on the line. They don't want to be fired with a coaching staff because coaching staffs other than Jerry Kills don't travel together normally. So if you get fired, it's all of a sudden I have to take the first job that comes to me. Yeah. I'm, And so kind of what I'm reading into everything with um, in Gopher Illustrated and Star Tribune and some of the stuff that I'm reading, it seems like they're nervous that, well, that this year is this not going to go well, and if this year does not go well, then it sounds like Patino's gone. That's why they're leaving, because they know that if, if this year doesn't go well, Patino's gone, and they're not willing to risk
1: it. Yeah, and I you can't really blame them because at this point, Patino's had more than enough time. He had his one year where we kind of stepped out of nowhere and came up and played really well, but then last year was a crushing blow, and not all his fault, but, I mean, when you've got, you've got the injuries, you've got the suspensions, I mean, it just – i'm kind of making light of it and kind of making fun of it at this this point but it is kind of scary it just doesn't seem like he's got an awesome or a real tight grasp on everything right now no that's true but what i i was thinking that
0: stuff too but it brings me back to think of all the th- all think of the life changes you have to make as one of these assistant coaches to drop all the recruits that you're talking to not necessarily drop all the recruits, but well, you're changing schools. Thing. You're dropping at least probably three quarters of them. Yep. Um, and you're you're moving to an entirely different part of the country. You're moving your family, you're, and you're deciding to do this. You're not getting fired. You've been with Richard Pitino for a long time, right? You've seen him go from Florida Atlantic or Florida, whichever one, whichever FIU AU, yeah, whichever like one seven he was of at. Them. You've seen him do well there, you've seen the type of coach that he is, you've seen the players he recruits, you've seen how he coaches. This makes me nervous about the belief in Richard Petino because I agreed one hundred percent. Because That's... if it's you and me coaching, like and I know that we're better friends probably than Richard Petino and, and um these, these assistant coaches are, but it would take a lot to look me in the eye and go, I don't believe in you anymore.
1: I need leaving. to go elsewhere. Exactly. That's what's scary And about to have it. it
0: bad enough where I couldn't talk you into, into staying staying. I know. That I couldn't make it especially with the recruits we have coming in, that I couldn't make the when whole you, thing positive.
1: Yeah, when you've got a couple guys on the team that are transferring out and then you got a couple coaches, like it just it's a scary thought. It's like what's going on, you know, behind the doors here, behind the right, scenes. That's, that's what I worry about. You know, people are moving on and like they don't believe in the program. They don't believe in obviously it starts top, you know, top down. So it's like it's definitely a direct correlation or reflection, at least, upon Pitino. Yeah. It has to be. And that's and that's what I worry about because, I mean. And the... I know that one guy we just brought in or whatever was like the head coach at what, University Wisconsin-Milwaukee, and he comes. I mean, he could be probably considered an upgrade. <laughs> so that's huge, but it's still, it just kind of shines a. Uh... Well, and that's kind of what I was
0: what I was seeing. What I was seeing is that if, if uh, I think it's Kamini Young, if he wouldn't have left, if it just would have been the first guy and then we replaced him with the guy that we did.
1: You wouldn't have thought much of it. It
0: wouldn't have been that big of a deal, but it might have gotten an upgrade. You know, assistant coaches leave every coaches once in a while. And
1: two players. Like, right. It's
0: just all of a sudden, you Well, looking... and the, the player, I mean, Fitzgerald. I think he looked at O'Truro and Jarvis O'Mersa coming in and just didn't see that much playing time in his future. Um, so I get that one, but the Jameer Harris Harris so it doesn't. I mean, that's again, that's it's Camini Young because Young is because um, he was the New he York was the number guy.
1: one, yeah, and the number one recruiter there. Yeah, and so he kind of left because of because of that. You lose your contact, but then you go into then the coaching staff's leaving, and that's where it's like, well, you've got players and you've got coaching staff leaving. That's where it just kind of. Creates, uh, you know, the perception. It just seems things are disorganized and things are kind of, kind of getting a little wild. Yeah, and and that's 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 what makes me
0: makes me nervous. Um, and hopefully, hopefully they, hopefully they come in and they win a whole bunch of games. I mean, they they should be better. Um, it's good. A lot of it is going to be up to Isaiah Washington, and then whether or not Coffee can stay healthy. Yeah. Um, and if if Isaiah makes big improvements. They get one or two more decent recruits, three-star, four-star, one of them for sure a guard. Um, they, They should be all right. But it comes down to, again, how bad is the locker room? Because that can turn, no matter how good your team is, that can turn things around very quickly if the locker room is we saw it last is year. Now we lost
1: people, but once things started going south, they went south real fast. Yeah. Um. So I it'll be a, it'll be something
0: interesting to keep your eye on. The nice thing though, like you think about, so if if Richard gets fired, and you look at it and go, God, well, where do they go after that? Well, we have Mark Coyle to deal with that. And that, that makes me feel better. Like yeah. if Mark Coyle fires Patino, I honestly
1: believe he's got, he's got a
0: plan that's gonna be better than what Patino was well, doing. Well he for comes us. from Syracuse. Yeah.
1: Syracuse is most that's well true. known for their basketball program year yeah, in and year out. That's so true. and every hire he's made so far has been Yeah, that's that's a top tier hire. It's been like, Wow, okay.
0: At this point Richard is the only one, only major coach there who hasn't been hired by him. <laughs> I know, him. yeah. And he's he's the only one that's got a question mark right yep, now. Yep, exactly. So yeah, so it'll be um, it'll be interesting. I don't want to see little Ricky go. If if you've been a, around our site long enough, you um,
1: love little Ricky. But that was the first article I ever put on the site was uh, jump on the little Ricky bandwagon. Yeah, I'm not nearly. Um yeah, I, I wouldn't even I'm not 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 in the bandwagon. I don't even know if I'm tailing that bandwagon. For me right it now. was more about the recruiting. Like he no, I you loved could tell recruiting. he was better at, a better recruiter right from the I beginning. lost a lot of faith last year just cuz I feel like he lost a team. I know they kind of played competitive and stuff like that, but just watching the absolute collapse that we had, it all started with that Alabama game where it was like, "Wow, dude, what is going on here?" Like you are losing grip. You're playing 5 on 3 and two of the guys on the court don't even care for you basically playing 5 on 1. <laughs> Besides yeah. Sexton, nobody even gave a flying shit about what was going on, and you still just about lost that game.
0: I know, and but that's the, the injuries and everything. Coffee out. Dupree McBrayer didn't practice all season long. Reggie Lynch with his issues. Eric Curry breaks his f- leg before the season starts. Like we're gonna uh, think of think of the like it's gonna be hard <clears throat> if I know. But I'm if everybody was
1: healthy against that Alabama game, and you kind of saw the wheels start to fall off there, and you're kind of going, "Oh, geez, what?" Just happened
0: here. If we're bad this year, I will a hundred percent agree with you because we just we have the talent. Even without with Mason leaving, with um, this year we should be a top twenty-five team as well. People I mean. forget about Curry, man. He, he's he a is stud. Good. He's huge. He, he is, is he's so a big good. big part of this team. Um, and so you know they should be good. And if they can get. Richard Pitino could save his job. There's a couple of the uh, of uh, late recruits that left. There was one kid who was going to Louisville before that whole thing happened. If if you can pull in a guy who's a top 25 recruit, uh, then all of this changes because a top 25 recruit in college basketball can change your entire program. Yep plus what we already have coming in agreed so we just don't know yet if he can pull some miracle out of his ass where he gets one of these late kids um to commit that's really 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 good um then then who knows but right now uh word out of uh go for land is that um richard patino might not want to get too comfortable in that nice new big office he has in their new practice facilities that he's taking pictures of saying i love my new view
1: is he unpacked
0: yet he might not want to um, That's what from I mean, If he's already I'm unpacked,
1: seeing. then he's, yeah, I don't know, then he's not the brightest ball in the tree because, I don't know. I don't think, he, unless, again, we've got to have a good year, but I don't think he's going to survive. Um, so we're going to
0: start to wrap things up here. I want to talk uh, just quickly. I want to touch on two things that we haven't gotten to. The first one, the wild, which we've discussed we know really nothing about. But, yeah. Um, have you watched any of the wild games, playoff games yet?
1: I uh, watched a little bit. Uh, would have been what last Wednesday? Um, when well, I was at the T Wolves game, but we stopped and uh, I started watching like the game because I think it was a six o'clock start.
0: So, in your uneducated opinion, we don't have a chance. Thank you. So, um, <laughs> do we? Do we even
1: get one game? Do we get one of the games at home? Do we get I, tonight? Maybe I think we could win a game. Again, I don't know anything about it, but just going, uh, we lost Suter. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we've tough. already tough, yeah. we've been doing this for last. Ten years straight, yeah. same team that we've always had. Nothing you know, has changed. Minus we, Suter, in minus Suter. So yeah. we're a first, or second round exit, like one hundred and twenty percent of the time before. And this only lowers our chance to win. So no, not I like
0: saw like the last, uh, I forget the last four or five years in a row, we've lost the first two games of every series. God, that's just so. I brutal. think we're it said we're like one in eight in the last four years or something like that. In the first game of or the first two games of a series, one in seven. Hmm. Like that's impressive. How can you? I just that that blows my. And it's frustrating. Like I don't know a lot about hockey, but it was. I don't know a lot so about hockey, much, but,
1: I, but I heard winning's good. Yeah. Winning
0: helps, right? We're so much worse. Um, we're looking right now on the ice. Like I've watched the games.
1: Well, we got well, destroyed right now, like uh,
0: completely outplayed game 1 is from everything that I saw. All I we're heard. trying to do because we can't get we can't get the puck through the neutral zone oh. without dumping. So all we're doing right now is dumping and chasing and then they try to they try to race beat the guy which I get that's hockey. But there's only one game plan because it's so bad right now, right? Whoever whichever forward doesn't make it to the boards and get to the puck, mm-hmm. kind of hangs out by the other side. The forward who gets to the puck tries to relay it back to the point as fast as possible. If that pass starts to happen, the guy starts to come and emerge from the other corner, and then the point guy just fires it at the towards like the front of the net where that guy's coming, for, hoping for a deflection. So
1: basically, that was their entire offense. We're going to have 25 shots on goal, and not one of them going to be a quality shot. It, it, it
0: was it, we had 17 shots on goal, and every time they tried to set something up offensively, that's what they tried to do every single time. And uh, I knew they were trying to do it because they even said that that's what that they were trying to do. They were trying to get to the puck back to the point as fast as possible because they. Just have zero confidence that they can control the puck, so they're just trying to get. Uh, we don't have an elite or even a good goal scorer. Yeah, we it's, haven't it's since Marion Gavrick, and yeah.
1: that's been the frustrating thing. And I know they don't just grow on trees and you can't pick them up anywhere. But well, it's, it's been the classic stuck in mediocre. Stuck in mediocrity, 100%, because you make the playoffs every year, but yep. you're not good enough to go anywhere, so you don't, don't get the top Connor draft picks. So, yeah, you don't get the Connor McDavids and the guys like that, and then you just stuck where you are with awful, awful contracts and overpaying guys like crazy, because that's. The only chance you have. All right. So that's uh, that's wild talk. Um, last last
0: uh, quick topic. Now, keep in mind, the Twins might not play a home game the rest of the year. No. they. Uh, I What's just, their I, over-under for wins um, after what
1: you've watched so far? Nine. <laughs> nine is nine, a number. Nine's a magic number. <laughs> What's their losses? <laughs> nine um, and seven? Four, seven, seven. Yeah, it would be seven, right? No, no, no. <laughs> Everything else is getting postponed. Everything else postponed. Well, they can't fly into the state. I think they're stuck either here in Chicago right now. So, yeah, rest is. I mean, they've shut down Target Field. I mean, it's done. That's it. It's winners. The never ending winner. We basically just moved to fucking Antarctica. (laughs) Fuck this state. Hold on. I'm
0: gonna bring up uh, my little uh, betting site here. I want to get an over under on wins, and I want to see if we think uh, if we think that they're going over under. Let's see MLB. Um
1: and I mean if in the hypothetical world that we could ever play another home game or just a game in general again, um I don't know. I mean, I, we've got a our pitching staff looks phenomenal. Why not why not go with 88 wins? Well, I just it's
0: the the pitching staff thing for me is funny um because nobody really looks at our pitching staff. Everybody who does look at our pitching staff looks at it and says well, they really don't have that big arm. They don't have that Yu Darvish. They don't have that Otani. They don't have that
1: guy. We don't have that sexy guy that everybody just looks at looks at and salivates over. We just have guys that go 6 and 7 innings and don't give up a single run. That's that's
0: that's, that's at the end of the day
1: at like the end of the day that's all that matters. Our starters are putting the rest of our team in position to win, which is why we're 7 and 4 whatever it is right now. And oh yeah, I meant when I said over under it's 7. That's that's it. Rest of the season's canceled, but no, and then that's the reason why we're 7-4 and four right now, and we could easily be, what, 8-3 because there's that game where uh, Lynn gave up, like, four runs in the first. We didn't give up a single run the rest of the game or whatever it was. Like, yep. It's, again, our starting pitching, this is something we haven't seen for years and years and years, and our it's our offense that hasn't really fully come around at this point. So, Noah hasn't been all that hot. Buxton is, hasn't been all that hot, but Maurer's on fire. He's hitting, like, 400 right now. Yeah, Maurer. <laughs> back, I, to take his back old original I take back self. every bad thing I ever said about him. God, that guy looks just great. Even the other night when I was watching, him when he got his two thousand hit, it's like even as it bats, he just looks on again. He looks like the old Mauer. It's fun. It's really fun. Yeah,
0: I can't find the win totals. Um, but no, I agree with you. Uh, watching, watching
1: our over under right now has got to be stuck around what 84, 80, right around like the mid to low eighties. I would assume is what Vegas probably, probably has. Probably.
0: Probably. But
1: I think we're an 85, 86 to ninety win team if our pitching stays consistent. This is we're doing all of this with without Santana. We haven't even had to make a move or even see what like Romero or Gonzalez or any of those guys can do, and our bullpen looks fine. Rodney's a little bit shaky. I I get it, but at the end of the day, I mean, we've got four or five guys that can go take the mound that'll give you a chance to win each and every day.
0: And yeah, and Irvin's not even here yet. Yes, um, exactly. It's it. I think we're very underrated. I've extremely been, underrated. I've because... been talking to people. I think. It, if you're if you got some extra money and you want to go bet on something and and you don't need it to pay out right now, I would go and find over under wins for the for the Twins, uh, even even pennants. I don't think a pennant is that far out of the realm of possibilities. I know that New York, the the thing that sucks with the pennant conversation is that you everybody's going to tell you over and over again. You know what though? It's never going to happen because guess what? When the Twins are good, the Yankees are good. And right now the Yankees are the best they've been in a long time and you're going to eventually have to go through the Yankees On and the paper, Twins don't beat the Yankees.
1: Their schedule or their record doesn't exactly show it right now. Well, right, but they but or they just got destroyed by Boston. They're
0: they're going everybody's going to say that you're going to have to go through New York and the Twins can't go through New York. They never have. Even even when they might win, balls foul balls are called or fair balls are called foul and um and uh you know
1: it's I trust just not this meant team more than I have because I mean, top to bottom, we're pretty solid. Again, it comes back to that. We can hit pitch. with anybody. We can hit with anybody. We saw that last year. That's what brought us, you know, to where we were last year. But this is the first time I remember having a rotation one through four, one through five. Once Santana comes back, that. You're pretty comfortable with. There isn't that one guy in that road that Phil Hughes at Nalasco that you know is that garbage dude. God, I hope those guys never listen to this thing. I'd get just tore up. <laughs> I don't think you guys listen. are trash. I don't think they care. <laughs> <laughs> but. You got, you know, for once we have a, a consistent rotation that I'm not sweating balls every time one of these guys takes a on. going, Jesus, well, here we go. Let's get ripped up for, you know. Even Liriano through all those years, it was like, which guy is going to come out? The guy that strikes out 10 guys or the guy that gives up eight runs in the first inning? We don't have that guy this year. All those guys I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with. Yeah, except, and I mean,
0: you can say that we don't have that guy right now, but we have that talent. Barrios can be that guy. Brios can definitely be. If, if Barrios comes out and pitches like he's pitching right now, don't tell me we don't have that guy because his name is Jose Barrios and he pitches every four or five games.
1: So if he continues to do this, you all of a sudden you've got a bona fide, bona fide yes. number one. With four number twos. And then you've got four. Exactly. you got Santana. Uh, Gibson, you can move to a three. He's a three. Yeah. Gibson might even be a four, yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah. care. Over-easy is a legit, at this point, yep. looks like a legit, legit two. two. Lance Lynn is a legit, legit two. two. An Irvin. elite three. Urban Santana is a legit two. A- an elite two. He's an elite two. Yeah. Yep. I it, mean, uh, these are all guys that give you a chance to win. Then then Santana and Barrios are the two guys that are filthy up there, that are scary. And then they compliment each other well because yes. Lance Lynn's going to pound you. He's more of a, what, pound you a fastball kind of guy over-easy is kind of going to be all over the place and kind of just mix things up, but you've got your two power pitchers that are going to that are threats to strike out ten guys at any point in time with Santana and Barrios. Yeah, Barrios struck out eleven and seven. Yeah, Um, and dude, did um, you see the break in his curving ball? It's it's, Uh, his curveball, dude. It was filthy. It was nasty. It was disgusting. And then even the ones that he missed were like right where they needed to be. It was like, dude, this is not even fair. And it's like he's he's finally figured out like. If you
0: throw a fastball, just throw the thing down the middle. Your ball moves so much it's not going to end up there anyways. When's
1: the last time you see a right-handed pitcher with that much movement? Oh, it's unbelievable. It moves a full foot almost, even, even, his, even his fastball. His... Look at his changeup. Even ha, his changeup, his you're like dude, changeup is nasty. what is that changeup? It's so filthy. If
0: if he can get ahead and counts, he's almost impossible it's to touch. It's and his confidence right now, it's like he's, it's he's baseball porn up. at its finest. Yep, it is. Uh, watching him pitch when he's, when he's doing well and watching Buxton on the base pass once he gets on the bases is by far are
1: just baseball porn at its finest. Those two have guys. thought that at the end of the podcast right now, we start watching Twins was like an afterthought earlier. I know. And we started talking Twins and we we're all, all just up. getting jacked know, up and know, fired off. Like, geez.
0: <laughs> I know. But I we got to go. I have to. Uh, I have a kid to go take care of. I probably have 75
1: text messages. Yeah, so, yeah, your wife will hate um, you no matter what you do. That's a good point. Anything else you have to say before we head out, Brandon? We should have started talking draft because I'm getting real pumped up. I mean, what? god i don't even want to use this analogy right now but i was gonna say it's like it's like fucking christmas here coming up (laughs) shortly but now that i look outside it is christmas and now i'm not even excited (laughs) yeah yeah we'll so for draft fanatics we will
0: talk draft brandon's a big draft head i've gotten big into it in the past brandon's bigger into it right now i just got so much going on but we will have an all draft um podcast and uh if the timberwolves can start winning then we'll talk a lot of timberwolves and
1: it all, and yeah, it, it, all it all starts tonight. It all starts tonight,
0: tonight. and um, I'll either look like a genius or an idiot. Maybe I'm no. just going to hold my tongue. All right, all right, fair enough. <laughs> all right everybody, I am uh, I am Eric Strock, co-host uh, podcast uh, co-host website founder you're losing grip. this is uh, brandon strack my uh, co-host you can find us at real mn sports fan twitter facebook instagram you can find brandon instagram bstrack 21 bstrack 21 bstrack 21 you can even find him on twitter he's yeah. never on there but you can I... find him there brand um, brandon strack 21 i think i don't even know you'd uh, you probably know better i just be brandon strack i don't know I, Anyways, I haven't been on there in six years again so uh so come hang out with us next time uh Check out the site. We've got some new articles written. We're having fun. Good times 09 stuff. All right. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, fam.